Welcome to The Omnibus Show, a program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. And now, your host, Dave Gibbs. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Omnibus Show, the program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. Today, I'd like to welcome today's guests, Ashley Ulbricht, and Blair Clark, who are representing the new Carmel Jazz Festival, which will be held in a number of venues across Carmel on August 11th and 12th. Ashley is an attorney with the Taft Law Firm, and prior to that, she was the city attorney for the city of Carmel and general counsel to the Carmel Redevelopment Commission. She is also a violinist and backup vocalist for Six Figures. Ashley is the board president of the Carmel Jazz Festival. And Blair is a musical entrepreneur, and he is the executive director and founder of the Carmel Jazz Festival. Welcome, Ashley and Blair. Welcome. Good to have you here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. But please tell us about the the new Carmel Jazz Festival and um, how it came to be. Well, um, I had been thinking about it for a while, and I've, uh, at one point I approached the mayor about the opportunity, mm-hmm. and one of the things that Ashley and I both, and the mayor, realized that we have some great uh, state-of-the-art places to perform right in this stretch between Main Street and the gazebo, and with the Tarkington, the Studio Theater, the Palladium, Feinstein's, um, Carter Green, everything right in it. Great stretch, great place to have a festival. Great place to have a jazz festival. Oh, yeah. So um, we got the green light, and as you probably know, our mayor is phenomenal about supporting the arts. So uh, we're off to the races. And I got in touch with Ashley, who's a dear friend of mine, and um, and know her love for music, and uh, um, so we just started putting things together. Fabulous. <clears throat> Would you like to add? Okay. Ashley, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Blair really summed that up well, um, but I would I would like to add with my previous role as city attorney with Carmel. Um, it's so important. In any city, can have a jazz festival, mm-hmm. but you know why Indiana? Why now? Um, the city of Carmel through Mayor Brainerd's leadership roles he's really concentrated on economic development and throughout his tenure and music is his passion as well as ours and to highlight the jazz festival with the world-renowned venues that he has put into not just fruition but reality is just it's a dream come true for both of us to be able to to be in charge of this event well, thank you, Ashley. Um, now, since this is a music festival, please tell us about your interest in music and, and how you got involved in the festival. Absolutely. So I need to fast forward, or I guess rewind, I should say, back to I started music at a very young age. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the, in the podcast of why I feel it's important to have exposure to children, to music. But I started playing violin classically when I was four years old. Wow. 
And the the family story, I should say, is I was watching Sesame Street with my mom one day at home, and apparently there was an episode with, with children playing on Sesame Street. And according to my mother and father, they said that I'm like, mommy, mommy, I want to play. And she's like, uh-huh, sure, okay, that's nice. And I guess I kept going at this to a point where she's like, okay, this is unusual that my four-year-old daughter wants to do this. Let's see what we can do. And she, um, my mom was an artist and knew individuals at the Indiana University South Bend. And they happen to have a Suzuki program, oh. which is a, it's geared towards younger children. Towards younger children, yes. Yes. So I started in that at four and my, my first instrument was actually this Cracker Jack box that they made. It was, it was, it's adorable. Um, I found it many years later and it's this li literally Cracker Jack box with a paint handle, like a paint palette, you know, when, yeah, yeah. when you stir the paint Correct. and the palette's there and they you know, made little lines on it to correspond to like fingering. And then the whole idea was to, you know, to make you understand as a child that it's an instrument you have to treat it well, you know, you just don't throw it down. And, and so you, you learned about it without actually playing it, but you did so in a group setting and you, and it, it was, it was a really neat philosophy, but anyways, enough about that. Um, I just grew up with it. I, I mean, that, that's what I did mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it and I, I played all the way up until, um, college. And then I, I took a little hiatus, but I am now um, <laughs> long hiatus, but I, I'm now playing again. Um, I'm exploring classical opportunities as well as um, currently playing violin in a rock band um, called Six Figures. Interesting. That's fabulous history. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, Lyra. You are a vocalist and musician, and you've recorded, you've performed all over the place. Can you tell us a little bit about your musical journey and how it, you you came into, um, you know, here in, in Carmel? Because you also teach as well. Yeah. Well, I started out, you know, again, like kind of with Ashley, uh, started out as a young, uh, just all my family sang, everybody in my family sang. Um, and so Christmas was always wonderful because everybody harmonized and everybody sang. It was oh, that's a lot great. of fun. And then eventually, um, I, uh, started singing professionally at 16 and I was playing with a blind keyboard player named Henry Butler. He's really big in uh, New Orleans. He's passed away recently, but phenomenal, uh, artist. And he was going to Michigan State University and I started playing with him at the Cave of the Candles and, and different places around, uh, MSU. And so I started there and then I started playing with a, a family group and, you know, I never went to a prom or any of those things because I was every weekend I was performing and eventually I ran away and joined the army and, uh, so the last two years of the Vietnam era and, uh, played in the army sing, singing praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. <laughs> so we were, I was doing that in the army. And then when I got uh, right before I ETS, I was playing with a band, moonlighting with a band, uh, at the Cowhouse Hotel in Colleen, Texas. And they said, man, when you get out of the army, man, you ought to come join with us. So I joined the band and traveled down the road with them, and I kept doing that all my life. And then eventually um, started my own business and 
coaching music and performing. And then I ended up in Santa Barbara, California, working with Press and Glass and Rada Michael Walden mm. and became a producer, co-producer, writing songs with them and stuff like that. And so now I, when I'm not coaching, I'm producing. When I'm not doing that, I'm performing. When I'm not performing, I'm booking. Uh, my company owns Artist Development Company. Mm -hmm. We book for the city of Carmel and the city of Westfield and some other businesses. And the saga continues. It does. Yeah. Now we've got the Carmel Jazz Festival. Yes. Well, that's fabulous. Now, I do have a question for both of you. Okay. And that is, talking about music, do you have a favorite jazz musician? <laughs> Ooh, that's a hard one. You first. You first. Na narrow down. Um, you first. So, I know Blair shares this one with me a little bit. Um, George Benson. Yeah. Yeah. Great guitarist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Been there. Absolutely. Um, my my favorite is is Boney James. Okay. I love Boney James. I I I, I just love his smooth his jazz. Smooth jazz flair. Um, great, great for so many different situations mm -hmm. and just in bulks. You know, happiness when I yeah. when I hear him. Yeah, and I had the opportunity to recently um, watch him perform at the Palladium. Well, oh, that's great. Probably two months ago, he was here. So my favorite would go a little further back because I'm a little <laughs> older than Ashley. Well, I would say. Favorite, I would say my <laughs> is it Charlie Christian? Maybe <laughs> no, not that old. No, but uh, I would I would say for me it would be uh, first Nat King Cole yeah. because a lot of people don't Absolutely. know that not only was Nat King Cole a phenomenal singer but a phenomenal keyboard player, yes, he was. pianist. Uh, so I would say Nat King Cole, and second would be Ella Fitzgerald, and then after that, Mel Torme. Okay. Those are my three top well, that's, jazz. That, that's, that's fabulous. I've, um, even including popular any kind of popular music, I would say Nat King Cole, Absolutely. he's before my time, but he's my favorite male vocalist. Oh, he's phenomenal. Um, those classic jazz vocalists, like Ella Fitzgerald's the top, she's a queen. Sarah Vaughan and all of those that followed, um, and you've got more contemporary singers, but um, you know, gosh, it's yeah. there's so many of them. But yeah, you're right. Ella's up there at the top, and then I play guitar myself. So I and I also like a lot of trumpet, jazz, mm -hmm. you know, or or saxophone. I'm, I'm sax. Yeah, and so <clears throat> guitar would be um, the two favorites of different eras would be. Um, Indiana's own West Montgomery, absolutely, and sure. yeah. Um, yeah. and and also uh, Pat Metheny, who's mm -hmm. he's more con he's still with us and he's still um, playing. And then um, I discovered him somewhere. I was in school when I discovered Charlie Parker, yeah, and his saxophone. I just love his sound, and um, <clears throat> and also recently over here at the Palladium, I was uh, blessed to see he's still around Herb Alpert. Yeah, who had the Tijuana Brass, and he's still playing. He's almost ninety years old. He's still recording. I had a chance to play at his club. Did you in Bel Air? It's called the Vibrato. It is a phenomenal place. If you ever get to to Bel Air, mm -hmm. it's a phenomenal club. He built it state of the art. It's acoustically phenomenal. The food is great, and the ambiance, his energy is great. It's just it's really cool. Well, our next show should be from there. We'll, we'll travel on. Let's go there. Let's, Let's go. I got a chance to meet him at, at actually performing out there, and his wife sings with him all the time. Yes, that's yeah. right. She was with, um, oh, um, uh, the Brazil, mm -hmm. um, Brazil '66. It was, I uh, so. yeah, was one of those. Uh, it was like, um, um, like Brazilian jazz mm. outfit. 
mm-hmm. back in the day. So, well, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So we're on the, the uh, same page with all these wonderful musicians. But we're going to take a break right now, and we will be back in a moment for Chapter 2. Well, welcome back. And now with Chapter 2, we've been speaking with Ashley Ulbrich and Blair Clark, who are executives with the new Carmel Jazz Festival coming August 11th and 12th in Carmel, Indiana. And uh, Ashley, we'll come back to um, speaking with you about organizing and, and putting the festival together here in Carmel and how um, you just create the event and elements of putting together um, a festival like this. A- absolutely. It, it's really exciting. I left uh, the employment with the city of Carmel probably about two years ago, mm-hmm. a little bit, um, give or take. And it, it's been fun working back with the city and using my knowledge with their amazing event planners as um, with regard to the city's component. And a little bit about that, which is it's always fascinating to me when I was working with the city was how um, Mayor Brainerd's team really used economic development to drive um, people into the city of Carmel. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, I mean, you check Carmel social media, um, you, you talk to anybody here during the summer, Carmel's where you want to be. There's there There's always different events every weekend. So, you know, why our event in August? Um, why do you want to come to our event? Our, our, our event is, is different than the other events that go on in Carmel because it's specific to, obviously, jazz music, but it's not, it, it, it's, we'll have more than, than music. We, it is a festival. Um, we expect, you know, 14, 15,000 people to descend. Um, in the central core of Carmel, mm-hmm. all the way from Main Street, um, Anthony's uh, Chop House Restaurant, that location on the Monon. Um, you can walk from there all the way down to City Hall. It's a decent stretch. We expect there to be um, pop-up musicians, actual dedicated stages, all the way along through. Along the Monon Boulevard. Along the Monon Boulevard. That would be beautiful. So it's going to connect from there through Midtown. Um, and then you're going to arrive it, to where we are now, mm-hmm. beautiful Feinstein's. And um, the Hotel Carmichael is going to um, be hosting events on the weekend, as well as the Palladium, which is right next door. Um, the Tarkington and the Studio Theater, they will, there will be acts. Um, I don't want to say 24-7 because it's not a 24-7 event. For but, sure. Um, Consistently through the event, every hour there will be um, an act and musicians playing at all the venues, mm-hmm. practically at the same time. So it's not um, just one here, one there, like some festivals do. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a, an immersion, but not just with sounds. We also have um, sights. And, and and smells and, and, and wonderful uh, things planned for you all to come. We, we have um, food trucks. We've got, um, you know, just a whole weekend of surprises planned for anybody who descends upon Carmel that weekend. Well, that sounds fun. 
I certainly plan to be there. I, I hope so. I hope so. so. I, will. I will definitely be there. Yes. Unless something comes up. But uh, I doubt it. But with, with the planning, it is. Uh, you got to do your hair. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, get something, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, what I should say with, with planning, it, it's been fun uh, coordinating with, with all the different the venues, um, the Center for Performing Arts, the hotel, um, the city. They've all worked because they all they all want the, the, the people here. Yes. And it's highlighting all, all of these great venues that, that, that have come to be over the last decade mm -hmm. and uh, it, it it's just it's it's going to be alive and an amazing weekend uh to to see that but um it it's been you know we, we didn't just wake up one day and and decide right. to have a jazz festival we've been planning this for almost almost well, two three years I was gonna yeah. say yeah at two, this point years. so um yeah four months away yeah well, that sounds fun. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Blair, tell us a little more about, you know, being the founder and some of the goals that you have with the festival and mm -hmm. uh, the uniqueness here in Carmel and some of the educational opportunities that um, mm -hmm. you have an interest in sure. developing. Well, you know, one of the things that, and to piggyback off of what Ashley's saying is that, you know, the great thing about this is it's a community effort. Mm -hmm. We've, you know, the collaboration with Feinstein's, uh, Jamie and Feinstein's, Jeff McDermott and the Palladium and all of their staff and all of the city staff and, and people involved with from fire, police, I mean, this everybody, utilities, I mean, we're all, it takes a village. And so for all of us to be involved and be prepared for all of these people that are going to come uh, to this, it's important for us to set the table. Yes. So in setting the table, we want to make sure that we have um, all of the, uh, they're, they're, they feel not only safe, but they're entertained with music and food and all of those things going on. And music, jazz, R&B, uh, a plethora of, of things going on. But what's really wonderful about this is we want to not only showcase these great events and this, the, 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 the state of the art facilities that we have, but we want to fill the hotels. We, we want to fill the restaurants. We want the people who have brought their businesses here, mm -hmm. their restaurants, their wineries, and their different places. We want them to, we want to hear a report that says, you know, we were staffed up and we, we broke our record. We've never made this much money or had this many customers come through our door. Yeah. Because it's important for us to not only feed the community, um, feed the people's uh, energy for music, um, and uh, but also to support all the patrons and people that own businesses here in, in Carmel. Mm -hmm. Because I've lived here 30 years, mm -hmm. I love it here, I want to make sure that everybody prospers from this awesome event, which goes into education uh, in a big way. Um, you know, Ashley was mentioning that she was at, a, at, at the age of four, she wanted to be a violinist and yeah. take on violin. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I was blessed with to have a little voice to be able to sing, but I remember when I first asked my dad if I could play an instrument, he said, you, if you can buy one, you can have one. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to pay for any, you know, we, we didn't have money. We, we, okay. were, we came up pretty broke. Um, so one of the things that I see as our mission and our responsibility is to be able to put instruments in the hands of less fortunate children yeah. and also provide opportunities for them to have lessons. Sure. Mm -hmm. An instrument doesn't mean anything if you can't play it, nope. yeah. and you gotta have someone to mentor you, 
uh, as a coach, uh, I'm being a coach here in Carmel. I mean, guys, these kids are able to have lessons. And a lot of times the conflict is that, well, they got soccer and then they've got karate and then they've got, you know, dance and then they've got this. I mean, their parents, they're blessed yes. to be able to do <clears throat> all of these things and go to all of these wonderful uh, opportunities and get coached and taught. Yeah, I didn't have that. So being able to afford that to students that are less fortunate to not only get an instrument, but also be able to get lessons and learn how to play. Those are our future West Montgomery's, mm -hmm. our future uh, Mel Torme's and um, George Benson's. So, um, so I think that this is something that's really gonna be amazing. Our goal, Lord willing, and you all pray for this, is that we'll be able to find some phenomenal facilities, maybe even some buildings that need some work. We can go in there and uh, fix those buildings up. So the students, parents, a lot of them are in a situation where they can't drive all the way to Carmel. Yes. But these kids can ride their bike and drive, ride their bike or walk to a facility that's in their community. So our future goal is to be able to provide a facility in these areas where these uh, less fortunate students are able to go and um, get their needs met and go into a booth and just play and have people that will donate their time and come and coach them and stuff. So that's my pie-in-the-sky vision. That, it's all about exposure, too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You might, you might not even realize or you might not be exposed to um, jazz music. Yeah. But, you know, wow. This is, this is amazing. I want to learn how to do this. How, yeah. do I, how do I do this? Exactly. And being able to bring some of these, you know, not just the students that are less fortunate, but the students are fortunate, but to bring these young students in the presence of Evelyn Champagne King, Freddie Fox, exactly. Spira Gyra, I mean, some of these great musicians and ask them questions and be awed by their. I mean, one of the things that I loved when I was a kid growing up was being able to, when I was playing with these bands at 16, the band leader would take us to go see Al Green and and mm -hmm. Brothers Johnson perform. Yeah. And uh, I, I made a quick story, I'll tell you. I was dating this girl, she was like, 16, 17 years old, whatever we were, we were, and they we went to go see Al Green perform because they wanted our band to see um, sure. what it looks like to be on stage. And the girl, my girlfriend, uh, was so awed by Al Green. He was throwing out roses and everything. And she was, I was getting so jealous because she was just like, ah. And, and he starts breaking into let's stay together. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah. And so I, I started realizing, man, I'll tell you what, um, this is really, can it, you start realizing the power of music, the power mm -hmm. of entertainment and how it can impact young people in many different ways. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty cool. Recorded music is, is really good, um, but there's nothing like live music. Nothing like live music. Nothing like live music. Like music. Is like, it's like live stage. Uh, yeah. I mean, a recording yeah. can invoke emotions, but mm -hmm. when you hear it live, I, it just does something It's two different things, yeah. really, because yeah. you get the perfection in the recording, usually, that's going to last with you, and that's right. in your brain, but when, when you're there... It's just, that's its own. It is. And, really and is its definitely, own. and for the entertainer, when when I'm in the studio, I can stop and start and fix it exactly. and go back and, you know, work on things. But, man, when you're live, it's it's from the beginning to the end. It is what it is. It is. And the great thing about that is there are some things that come up musically that you don't 
you don't even know what's going to happen. You, mm -hmm. You're in the music, you're feeling it, everything is jiving, and then all of a sudden you just kind of do something, and it comes yes. off, it's off the cuff, it's natural. Yeah. It is. It's organic. And that's the Very thing about live music, yeah. right? I mean, you experience that. I do. Every, I mean, it's, every time it's, I'm on stage. Exactly. And then when you go, you look at the other guy, and, it's, and your drummer will do something, blah, 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 and you go, hey. You know, you just kind of feed, feed off, off of it. You feed off <laughs> each other. Exactly. exactly. You start feeding yeah. off each other, and then, and then it fuels you to do something, and then so you do something. And it's, exactly. it's a great energy. I love it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, it's just really, it's really exciting. And it sounds like your vision is quite a vision that is going to have more than just a two-day event that you're going to touch people's lives, particularly young young people Hopefully. who will grow in their interest That's in the goal. music. Um, you were going to oh, I was just going to say, and it is it's planned to be an annual event. It's yeah, not yeah. just like a one-off 2023. Sure. It's going to well, come back every year. That's even mm -hmm. better. Yes. There we go. Um, in terms of uh, musicians, um, in, in musical groups and vocalists, mm -hmm. um, I know that you probably are still getting people, but are there any names that you could tell us for the audience that they may know who will be in, in the mm -hmm. festival? Well, I think the, 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 of course, our headliner is Spira Gyra. It's going to be at the Palladium. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got some other names. You can go to CarmelJazzFest.org, CarmelJazzFest.org and go to the website and you can see all the acts that will be there. But we've got Evelyn Champagne King, um, Freddie Fox, Tim Cunningham, um, Tad Robinson, um, and we've got some local Josh people. Josh Kaufman. Josh Kaufman, uh, Jenny DeVoe, Brenda Williams. Um, and speaking of Brenda Williams, um, May 14th, which is Mother's Day, Brenda Williams will be joining me. I am hosting a every first Sunday of every month between now and August, a Sunday brunch here at Feinstein's. And my guest uh, is going to be, one of my guests is going to be Brenda Williams. So Mother's Day, Brenda Williams and I will be performing. And um, she's a phenomenal performer. And she's going to be at the Jazz Fest. Jenny DeVoe will be with me in July. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's going to be at the Jazz Fest as well. She's awesome. So... Um, this is one of the things that I love about what the, you know, again, the collaboration. So with Feinstein's, although I'm hosting this, this jazz brunch and bringing in headliners that are going to be or musicians that are going to be performing, um, they're collaborating with us in such a great way. We're just really, right. really glad to have them Absolutely. with us. It's, it's cool. Well, that's fabulous. Well, thank you both very much. Thank you Absolutely. for having us. Well, it's great to have you both here. <laughs> And um, we look forward to your festival and what you have coming up. Yeah. What you have coming up. Well, thank you for being with us today. This week's guests have been Ashley Albrecht and Blair Clark, who are executives with a new Carmel Jazz Festival, which is going to be here on August 11th and 12th. Thank you, Ashley and Blair. Thank you. Thank you thank very you. much. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Hotel Carmichael, we're filming today in Feinstein's at Hotel Carmichael, which will also be one of the venues for the Carmel Jazz Festival. We look forward to being with you again on our next episode of The Omnibus Show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Omnibus Show. If you enjoyed this program, please like, share, and subscribe to continue the conversation. For The Omnibus Show newsletter, please sign up at theomnibusshow.com.